Hey, welcome back to an overtime podcast here on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. I'm Matt Taylor inside the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. J.J. Stangovitz and Casey Vallier are along as well. Today was day three of the NFL draft. It's in the books. The 2023 draft eventful for the Colts rounds one through seven. And we're here today to recap a bevy of picks for the Colts. They started the day with eight picks. Uh, They picked up two more picks last night with trades with the Raiders and the Falcons. They traded once today in the fifth round with the Vikings to pick up a sixth rounder. The Colts started uh, today without a sixth round pick. So nine total picks this afternoon, 12 total for the year. That is the most picks Chris Ballard has ever made dating back to 2017. It's also the most picks for the Colts in a draft year since 1992. That year, the Colts had 13 picks in a 12-round draft. So it's the most uh, most picks for the Colts in a seven-round draft. So they call that the modern draft era. Holy my. Let's dra- let's dive in head first. First <laughs> of all, how are you guys doing? Good. Good. We're <laughs> you got some energy. I like it. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things now where we, we have – the list is there, so no more speculation, no more where's this going to end up. At least we know the 12 guys that are at least going to be here rocking a Colts uniform yeah, shortly. Yeah, indeed. Are you surprised, J.J., just first and foremost, that it was 12 picks, the number was that high? I, I think this creates a lot of competition on a team that went 4-12-1 last year for all the excitement about Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen and what that pairing can be here in Indianapolis. you got to remember this team is coming off a season that – they lost a lot of games, and when you lose a lot of games, you you need to you know drive the competition. You need to think about changes at certain positions, and and really kind of put the fire to some guys who didn't perform to the standard they needed to last year. And I think when you look at this draft and and some of the positions the Colts picked, there's going to be intense yeah. competition yeah. across this roster over the next couple of months. Yeah, we talked about that. That's what the Colts needed. They needed to address a lot of areas, and we'll talk about it. Cornerback, tight end, offensive line, that's definitely what they've done. All right, round four. Let's see how fast we can get through these here in this overtime podcast. Blake Freeland in the fourth round, pick 106 overall. He was the first of nine to go off the board today for the Colts. Six foot eight, Casey, yes. 302 pounds. He's from the state of Utah, was a stud athlete in high school, went to BYU. His family has great history there at BYU. His parents were athletes there. His dad played football. His mom, Debbie, played basketball. She's one of the best players in program history. His sister was on the BYU track and field team. Um, started off as a quarterback and a tight end in high yep. school. Beefed up, obviously, to play uh, tackle there at BYU. He talked about just you know pounding shakes in the morning and the <laughs> afternoon, like those protein shakes that right. are like 2,000 calories each just to get him up, just to get him bulked up to play uh, college football there along the offensive line. What do you like about Blake Freeland to add some competition, maybe play right side, maybe play left side. He's that swing tackle that maybe the Colts have identified. I think it was definitely a position they needed. I mean, you heard Chris Ballard talk about it, that you know what they did the first two days really opens up what they can do. And I think that was part of what you saw them being able to take, you know, kind of a, you know, a, a guy who probably – and a lot of the mock drafts, you know, we've been doing this process for a long time. Blake Freeland was a guy who 
maybe not a fringe first-round pick, but a definite day-two possibility in a mm-hmm. lot of mocks. So he was kind of a guy who fell, and what you were able to identify early in the draft, you were able to kind of go up and take, you know, when you look at your board, what are the better players available? I remember talking to Rick Venturi last night before, you know, everybody kind of went our separate ways after day two, and he said Blake Freeland was probably the best offensive lineman that he thought left on the board. Yeah. So being able to get him, definitely it adds competition. You know, it's one of those things we've talked about, Bernard Ryman. You know, you, he's still learning. So this is another thing to kind of, you know, put some pressure there. And you, you always have to have depth, and swing tackle is always very important. So very like the pick. Yeah, absolutely. There, there was a hole at the very least for a depth tackle mm-hmm. on this team. And Blake Freeland, the, the, the production he had at BYU is remarkable. He allowed two sacks his entire college career only 43 total pressures, according to Pro Football Focus, on 1,418 pass rushing snaps. That is a pressure allowed rate of 3%. That's really wow. good. Okay. People did not get past this kid. Now, he's obviously going to have some development to yeah. get here in Indianapolis, but as a guy who could, you know, maybe be that swing tackle, maybe compete for time at, uh, you know, left tackle, or potentially if the Colts say, Hey, we're really impressed with this kid. We got to get our best five on the on the field. Do you kick Braden Smith inside to right guard right. like he did, uh, you know, a little bit last year? Yeah, yeah, he played the Broncos, Auburn, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gives you some options. I don't, you know, Blake, Blake Freeland is six eight. That's pretty big for a guard. Yeah. Um, but who knows? You know, we'll we'll see when he gets here. What. Uh, Tony Sperano Jr., Shane Steichen, and the Colts want to do with him. Yeah, and one of the themes that we're going to talk about this entire time today on this podcast with the guys drafted on day three, traits and athleticism. 100%. Freak athletes. Freeland, 37-inch vertical at the combine, highest mark by an offensive lineman since they started tracking combine data <laughs> back in 2003. And, again, for what it's worth, he scored a 982 on the RAS, that's the relative athletic score out of a possible 10. That's ranked 23 out of over 1,200 offensive tackles from wow. 1987 to 2023. So Blake Freeland was the first pick today for the Colts in round four at a Tamawa. All right, let's see if all right, let's see if all right, let's just see if we can get it right the first time. So we're off on a good start here. Okay, at a Tamawa, at a Barre. See, the pronunciation that – here, you know what? Should we just play this, the sound? At a, at a Tamawa Atabare. Can we just play the sound of the pronunciation? Right, I'm going to turn your mic up over yeah. here. Yeah. At a Tamawa and then Atabare. I think it was pretty close. At a Tamawa Yeah, yep. I think it was pretty close. At a Tamawa Atabare. He's out of Northwestern. And my guy, he's a stud. <sighs> Defensive tackle, six foot two, 282 pounds. This was pick 110 for the Colts in the fourth round. This was the pick the Colts got from the Falcons last night. A lot of people thought he was going to go earlier in the draft, but the Colts pounce on him. First team All-State football guy, won a state title. Uh, also in the shot put, uh, he's from Kansas City, so kind of have that home city advantage, if you will, in the draft. Ended up being a three-year guy and a team captain at uh, Northwestern. Big Ten honorable mention the past two years. 13 and a half sacks the last two years as a defensive tackle. But that's the big question, JJ. Is he a defensive tackle or is he a defensive end at the next level with the Colts? Because, because the Colts love those hybrid guys, those yep. tweeners, as they like to say. Taekwon Lewis, uh, Dioa Dengbo, it, you know, Samson Ebacom can do that a little bit. Where is uh, wh- where is this pick here at a barway out of Northwestern in that regard? Yeah, I think it, you know, like Dioa Dengbo is more of a DN who can kick inside 
to D-tackle. Maybe Adabare is more of a D-tackle who can kick outside yeah. to defensive end, if you think about it that way. He said he's more comfortable rushing from the inside. He said there's a little less thinking you have to do. You just kind of get up and go. I, I love the fit here. If he slides in as a three-technique who can spell DeForest Buckner, who can you know get you into some different fronts, maybe he kicks out to a five-technique, can play you know almost anywhere you want probably along that D-line. But for, for Buckner specifically, he's played the sixth most snaps of any defensive lineman in the NFL over the last three seasons. He's really he can get on Buck stays on the field because he's in such great shape. He takes care of his body really well. But I know the Colts have wanted to get his snap count down a little bit so you, there's a little less wear and tear on him as the season goes on. Adding, you know, Taven Bryan in free agency, now adding Adabare in the draft accomplishes that. This dude, by the way, you talk about athletic. I was talking to Bill Brooks Hey-o. after we took him. Bill Brooks uh, weighed in at the NFL Combine about 180 pounds. He said he, he ran about a 4.52 uh, at the NFL Combine back when he did it. Adabare weighs 280 pounds, and he outran Bill Brooks. <laughs> four no. four nine. He became the first player in NFL Combine history to weigh at least 280 pounds and run a sub four five forty yard dash. That people that That's big fair. shouldn't be fair. able to run as yeah. fast as he does, but he right. does. And man, am I glad he's on the Colts. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember coming back to our booth, Matt, after I was walking through. Honestly, I was just kind of getting the lay of the land at this moment because defensive of the Combine. Yeah, the, the, there was the first. They were the first group to talk to the media so I just wanted to kind of go check out get the lay of the land at the NFL combine and I remember seeing this mammoth of a human being sitting at a table and he was his shoulders are so broad he was almost the size of the table he's like a walking eclipse and I was just like who is this guy and so then we come back and we talk to Jim Nagy of the senior bowl and that was the guy that he mentioned he said you want to know a guy who is a riser who I've been this is the guy he mentioned, so I'm super excited to kind of be able to watch that development right here in front of our own two eyes. No, I mean, you're exactly right, J.J. Again, to put it into perspective, Adeboire posted the same time, 40-yard dash-wise, as guys like Jordan Addison, wide receiver, <laughs> and fellow Colts rookie wide receiver who they drafted yesterday, and Josh, Josh Downs. Wow. Sub 4-5, and he's 100 pounds heavier. <laughs> Like it's not fair. It and and the what, other what, athletic what testing, we, like any place defensive tackle, the defensive tackle. Like where's like the quarterback right. supposed to go? That's hopefully <laughs> that hopefully is what happens here. Exactly. And, yeah. Okay, so it's not just the forty yard dash. He had a thirty seven inch vertical. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's got an eighty one and five eighth inch wingspan. So he's like a like you know he's a condor out there with that. Yeah. And I mean it's just <laughs> this yeah exactly. Thank you for doing that. The sound effects. It's th- this guy. The athletic traits are off the charts. Nate Ollie getting to work with this guy. I can't wait to see what Nate Ollie can do with him because you know we talk a lot about Anthony Richardson and and kind of the right. the, the yeah, ball play that a- he is. For Shane Steichen, this guy for the Colts defense, and he, you know, Adabare is he's he's more polished. Obviously, he's got 41 games of college experience, but man, just those traits and the ability to mold them. This is we've talked about it. The Colts love drafting guys with traits because hey, coaching staff, go develop them. Exactly, mm-hmm. go figure out how to use them, use them best. And if we get really good athletes who care about football in this building, we're gonna have a good chance to succeed. And one of the things I'm really excited to see is for him to lock in on one spot. I mean, I know we talk about that hybrid, but I think that's part of where you see his his stock kind of dr- drop a little bit because maybe north at Northwestern they weren't really sure 
where he was best suited. So maybe when you just dive in where this is your full-time job, you do this, you can get a better idea of where he's going to fit better at the next level, and hopefully those traits come through. Here's just one last thing on this. We're talking about how athletic this dude is. He has the one, two, three, four, sixth highest relative athletic score among Colts draft picks this year at 9.7. There are five players who (laughs) relative athletic score had as a higher athletic grade than a guy who's one of the freakiest athletes in the NFL immediately. It's, in, it's incredible. Yeah, and and it's it happened last year, too. It, it seems like every year. when you, you, you day, go, day three is based on traits. Yes. It's based on upside and just being a good athlete and a good football and, player, and the Colts stick to that. Absolutely, they you do. Know? I mean, hey, if it works, don't, you know, you find something, and, and they definitely have found this for sure. And he's of Nigerian descent one more time at a Tamawa at a Barre. Yep. I think we're pretty close. I think you're close. That's pretty good. All right, so he is uh, definitely a guy that – you're excited about to see what he can turn into from a potential standpoint. All right, round number five. The Colts were busy in this round. Pick 138. This was Darius Rush, a corner out of South Carolina. The second corner uh, the Colts brought into this point in the draft, as we look back on it. Six foot two, 198 in 2022. Played nine games, two picks, seven pass breakups. Fought through a hamstring injury and another athletic guy. Um, Casey, what stands out to you about Darius Rush and his profile entering this Colts secondary? Ah, uh, the speed. I mean, that's you. You almost were with Juju Brents. You looked at that forty time and you said, "Okay, there's definitely guys that are faster." You watch Darius Rush and he falls right into that category of guy who's got just Four, explosive three, six. speed. I mean, Four, that three, is six. that is one of those things that I. I mean. Listening to our colleague on draft night, Rick Venturi, that's one of the things he always likes with the young guys because the next level, the NFL is a lot different than college. So as a young guy, you're going to get beat every now and then. It's going to happen. And that's why he likes the speed when the youth comes because you're able to make up that spot. Darius Rush, he has got that speed that jumps off the chart at you for sure here in the fifth round. And, it's, it's not just the speed, Mate, but it's the length. Yeah, another that long corner. Say, six yeah. two. Yeah, Brents is six two. Rush is you know six two, maybe six three. Are right. we are we seeing a changing of the guard? For well, the Colts? The, the, this is Gus Bradley's defense, yeah. right? He yeah. likes long, athletic corners. That's what he, the the Legion of Boom was built on. Back in Seattle, guys like Richard Sherman right. fit that bill, and that's who you're seeing the Colts go after. I'm not saying any of these guys are Richard Sherman, but the the body type and yep. the athlete type mm-hmm. that the Colts are targeting at cornerback is definitely fitting for a Gus Bradley defense. Yeah, all right. At pick 141 in the fifth round, that was uh, the pick from the Raiders last night. The Colts traded that pick to the Vikings today, picked up Minnesota's round six pick, 211 overall. And the Colts moved back to 158 in the fifth round. So the Colts started the day with four picks in the fifth round. That did stay true. No picks in the sixth round to begin the day. So obviously the Colts felt comfortable trading back to still get a player from a a pool of uh, guys that they like. So at pick 158, it was Daniel Scott Casey, a safety from California. He topped the Golden Bears with three picks, two forced fumbles, Last year, 12 starts. He was honorable mention, all Pac-12. Team captain last year. That's really important to the Indianapolis Colts. And, again, he's another athletic phenom. 9.93 athletic score out of 10. That ranked eighth out of 974 free safeties from 1987 to 2023 at the Combine. Versatile guy, asked to do a lot um, in terms of the Cal defense. 
How does he translate to the Colts? Yeah, I think uh, with with right now, Roddy McLeod leaves, so you needed to add a little bit more depth there at safety. You can never have too much depth. That's one thing you're always going to hear. And I, I like the fact that he played about 50 games in college, so you've got a big sample size of what he can do. As you mentioned, team captain goes a long way. And then He's an once again guy. with the relative athletic score, yeah. I mean, he, off the charts, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, older guy, J.J., didn't become a, a full-time starter until his fifth year at Cal. Yeah. One mm-hmm. of those guys that stuck it out, didn't, right. you know, now the trend is yep. I'm not playing day one, I'm out of here, I'm going to hit the transfer portal exactly. about four times. He is uh, definitely bucking that trend. Uh, became a starter in 2021, team captain last year, as I said, attended the, the Senior Bowl. His stock really kind of blew up, and he really helped himself in the pre-draft process from the end of his final season at Cal until the draft. He's one of those guys that, you know, did everything right, said everything right, and uh, his potential, his skill set, and his character is what got him drafted. 661 snaps on special teams. There is nothing wrong with drafting athletic dudes who have experience on special teams. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, again, he is an older prospect. He's going to be 25 years old, halfway through his rookie season with the Colts coming up uh, next season. All right, at pick 162 in the trade from Buffalo last year, this was part of the Naeem Hines trade. The Colts here drafted Will Mallory, tight end out of Miami, six foot four, 239. The Colts crashed that tight end party. We always heard about how good and, and deep the uh, tight end class was this year, so the Colts get involved in that. And if that last name sounds familiar to you, it should because yeah. you've got some Indiana ties there. He is the grandson of Bill Mallory, who coached the Hoosiers from the basically the mid-'80s to the mid-'90s. Yeah. You know, Went to a couple of bowl games there down in Bloomington. His father... Um, Mike was a linebacker at Michigan and coached for over 30 years in college football and the NFL. Uh, one of the best tight ends in the history of the Miami Hurricane football yeah. program. Casey, my question for you is, right now the Colts have a pretty stacked and, and deep tight end room with Mo Ali cox and Jelani Woods and Kylan Granson. Is he more like Mo Ali cox where he's good in the running game yeah. and he's an adequate pass catcher? Or is he more like Jelani Woods, who's just that mismatch nightmare? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. That's something we're definitely going to find out. I think he might fall kind of in between both, if that makes sense. I think he kind of, you know, sly, I mean, he was one of those guys. He, he led the team in reception or in receiving yards last year at Miami. So that that's definitely something that kind of opens your eyes when you think about a tight end leading the team in receiving yards. So I'm not really sure where he's going to fit. One of the things that we always talk about within this, this you know, tight end group was since you lost Jack Doyle, you've been trying to find something in there, that guy that can be versatile and all that stuff. So I think that's kind of what you're trying to look for. Jelani Woods, you know, he's new into the tight end group, so blocking is something that he mentioned he's been trying to work on getting better. So you're trying to find kind of that tweener. So I'm not I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Will Mallory's game, I haven't watched it a ton. I'm not, you know, I've just been, you know, crashing my mind on it over the last couple hours here. But, you know, really that's one of the things we're going to find out. Is he right in between? Where does he fall? Kind of like a Kylan Granson guy? Or Mo, yeah, yeah, that's, really that's, that's it right yeah. there. That's it right there there is that this to me this is competition for Kylan Granson at the F tight end position now, I don't know how Shane Steichen's going to use his tight ends does he does he want more of that move tight end that Frank Reich had with the F or does he want you know bigger guys who can block I don't know um 
I do know that th- this is going to create competition yeah. on this roster because if you read through his profile and his athletic testing, this this screams F tight end, that kind of not the the true in-line guy like a Jelani or a Mo Alley is. Right. And Drew Ogletree, another guy who's going to exactly. be in this equation as well for competition there. He was in line to play a lot of snaps as an F tight end last year before he hurt himself, uh, got hurt in training camp. So it's, the, the again, like I was talking about earlier, a lot of competition on this team. That tight end room is going to be very, very competitive. you got Farrell Brown in there as well, who was signed as a free agent. Uh, that's going to be, to me, I, I'm looking at this tight end room, and I'm saying that's one of the position groups I am most interested to watch yeah. in the coming weeks and months to Ogletree's see how that competition shakes out. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. And you're, you know, typically you can really only keep about three guys. Exactly. Traditionally, stereotypically on, on the roster. I think um, you, it, it, it depends. I mean, you can, it depends, right. certainly. I'm just saying can historically, play teams, three to yeah, four, right. you know, four tops mm-hmm. there at the tight end position. Yeah, 115 catches, 1,500 yards, and 14 touchdowns. His career reception and yardage total, second most by a Miami tight end wow. ever. So Mallory in the fold here with the Colts. Pick 176, this is from Dallas in exchange for Stephon Gilmore in the fifth round. Colts went back to the offensive side of the ball and draft a running back. This is Evan Hole. He's out of Northwestern, their second Wildcat in this draft class on day three. Honorable mention guy, all Big Ten, really good rusher, but maybe most intriguing in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Led college football running backs with 55 catches this past season, J.J., and over the past two seasons, 88 catches for 810 yards and four touchdowns. And during that two-year span, he was targeted over 100 times and had just four drops. Is this yeah. the Naeem Hines mm-hmm. replacement draft pick? This is really intriguing, Mayte. And I remember saying it on a, a recent episode of the official Colts podcast that running back was kind of a sneaky need for the Colts in this draft where, yeah, you got Jonathan Taylor, you got Zach Moss, you got Deion Jackson, but you know, some guy, you know, Zach Moss will be an impending free agent after this season. The Colts probably are going to try to work something out with Jonathan Taylor, but he's also an impending free agent. And, there, you know, Naeem Hines being traded to Buffalo last year did open up that hey, you know, we could probably use that third down pass catching back. And Evan Hall, I mean, you talk about the, the set of hands on this guy. I think I don't think, I think he maybe had one fumble his entire college career. Um, you will not find a, a better pair of hands out of the backfield in this year's draft than Evan Hall. And to add him into this offense when Shane Steichen has told us what he told Justin Herbert, the running back is your best exactly. friend as a rookie. For Anthony Richardson, when he gets out there, your running back is your best friend, giving him a sure pair of hands, a guy who's got some explosiveness. He ran a 4 4 7 He's got some short area quickness to him. I think, if I recall, his some of his athletic testing was like some of the best among running backs um, You know, at the NFL Combine. Mm-hmm. Th- this guy's an athlete, and you get the ball in his hands, he can do some one-cut stuff, You know, put his foot in the dirt, get a, you know accelerate, get some speed behind him. Um, I'm really intrigued at this pick. I love that you brought up the Shane Steich and your running back is your best friend. Just think about that Eagles team. I mean, you had I, – I'm drawing a blank on his name. He just left um, uh, Penn State former – Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, thank you. Yeah. You had Miles Sanders, but when you watch that playoff run, it was Kenneth Gainwell was that a lot was of doing Gainwell, some Boston yeah. Scott that was – that's the way that Shane Steichen likes to have his offense. You don't, I mean, so you can have multiple looks. Two smaller guys. Yes. Two so smaller that, guys. That was one thing that when I saw this pick, I said, 
okay, this you've got that idea on what you saw from that Eagles offense. This just adds a little bit more, you know, ammo in that arsenal. Yes, yeah, Speed Merchant, four four seven forty, third fastest running back at the Senior Bowl. Topped out, I guess they they track these things at the Senior Bowl. I was unaware of this, but nineteen point eight nine miles an hour there for uh, the okay. running back. How about, the, how about this nugget from Dane Brugler? Yeah, they had to force him to sleep more because he was working so hard at, at being a football player. <laughs> that's that's in that's in the beast from Dane Brugler. Wow, Can you imagine that they had to force him to sleep you're on, more. You're on a job interview. <laughs> what are your biggest weaknesses? Uh, I, I work, work so hard work I don't too sleep. Too hard that I don't sleep. Hey, oh. You'd rather have someone you need to tell you got to yeah. sleep more than someone you get you tell you got to sleep like less. I buddy. like it. Mr. Hall, get some shut-eye. All right, in the sixth round, pick 211. Again, this is the pick the Colts got today by moving back with the Vikings. The Colts here drafted Wagner defensive end Titus Leo. Not a combine guy. He's got good measurables. That's, again, what you're picking on uh, here late in the draft. That's what you're going on. Just the fourth player ever, by the way, drafted out of Wagner. Teammates in college with guys like uh, Chris Williams. I read where they were actually – um, you know, kind of close okay. uh, at that mm-hmm. Wagner program, so that's pretty cool. Now they're teammates here in the NFL with the Colts. Wagner, by the way, is in Staten Island. That's in New York. It's an FCS school. Um, Leo, back-to-back NEC Defensive Player of the Year, three-time first-team All-Conference selection, two-time captain. And again, JJ, you're uh, you're drafting based on traits. You're uh, you're drafting based on speed. Four six nine. This was a guy that tested pretty good at his pro day. I think his pro day was at Army. At Army, yeah. yeah that you, that, yeah. you dug that up, Casey. Guy that was uh, invited to the uh, Shrine Bowl. What stands out to you about this? You know, again, we we you're, you're talking about maybe diamonds in the rough here, JJ. It, it, could this guy potentially make the roster and compete for the Colts' pass rush? Maytate, your peak physical strength. How many pull-ups could you do? Pull-ups. Yeah. Oh, probably less than 10. Titus Leo can do 30 wow. pull-ups. You know how hard it is to do one pull-up? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Man, <laughs> you you're, like, you're under you said, 10. I'm probably under you're, five. You said, you said peak physical shape, <laughs> yeah, right. which is not yeah, today. Not yeah, right now. Right, right. No, th- that's from Bruce Feldman's Freaks List. He made Bruce Feldman's Freaks List. Oh, okay. Which is an annual ranking of the most athletic guys in college football. And, he, you know, Bruce searches all over for these guys, and he made this list. He can do 30 pull-ups. He can bench press 375 pounds. It's not very impressive. I mean. It's really not. Goodness. I mean, this guy. So, yeah. and, Get in and the weight room, dude. His, right. his, produ- his production, I know we're talking about it being Wagner. It's an FCS school. But he had 32 and a half tackles for a loss over the last two seasons. That's yeah, disruptive. pretty good. Yeah. I, the, another guy, you just get those traits, you drop him into Nate Alley's room, you say, all right, let's see what you can do, man. Now, yeah. I, I don't want to compare it, but it's one of those things where when EJ Speed was selected out of Tarleton State, we were kind of searching, who is this guy? What's he? And, and where's Tarleton State? It, it, well, there's that. There's another it thing, It also too. makes you wonder. I mean, Chris Williams, obviously, he's been on this Colts roster since when? Uh, 2020? Yeah. yeah. Last three I mean, years. Okay, so, I mean, that that's a good football player that has had some staying power yeah. in the NFL. I'm just fascinated. I know we're getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I'm just fascinated by the Colts and their scouting ability to find these guys. Yeah, agreed. At places like Wagner. And and that's one of the things that you know, I I remember when EJ Speed, that thing blew me away and then we listened 
to, to, to Titus earlier, and he was recruited to play wide receiver, mm-hmm. and then he was a tight end, and then it was like, well, there's some injuries, so maybe we can you know switch into the def- def- defensive side, and and here he is getting drafted in the NFL. So it's it's stories like that. Those are what I love, you know, especially later in the draft, and you're starting to hear these stories. You're just like, wow. How cool of a story is that? I want to see it pan out, and we saw it. I mean, I mentioned EJ Speed. He had to sign a second contract here with the Colts. So hopefully you can find a little bit of that here with uh, with Titus. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on. Pick 221 is where we're at right now in the seventh round for the Indianapolis Colts. Here the Colts drafted Jalen Jones. He's another cornerback out of Texas A&M. Third corner the Colts took in this draft along with Julian Brintz out of Warren Central, Indianapolis native, and Darius Rush out of South Carolina earlier today. Another huge body, six foot two, 200 pounds. Not incredibly fast, right? Only ran, only ran a 4.59, uh, but had a good season last year. 600 snaps, uh, finished the season allowing just 10 catches on 19 targets, did not allow a touchdown, also has experience playing safety, um, and played three years there for the Aggies. So what do you like here about uh, Jalen Jones, JJ? Yeah, I mean, another long, rangy cornerback. And, again, you're you're just building depth in that room. You're building competition for guys like Dallas Flowers, Isaiah Rogers Sr. on the outside with Juju Brents, with Jalen Jones, with Darius Rush. And that again, you know, I was talking about tight end being an interesting competition. Cornerback to me, that's the most interesting competition on this team now. And uh, you wonder there could still be a veteran maybe that comes in. Yeah, that's something Chris Ballard mentioned before the draft that maybe you still try to add some veterans. Um, but you know, you, you, the, Jalen Jones, his numbers at Texas A&M, you don't sleep on those. Right. Uh, you know, fourteen pass breakups over his time there. That's that's a pretty good number. He's getting his hands on a lot of those passes. Um, you know, from Dane Brugler, he, he's got a physically imposing frame, matches up well in jump ball situations, got a 38-inch vertical. Uh, another athlete who fits the bill of what you, you expect now a Gus Bradley cornerback to look like. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I mentioned to Matt while we're watching, you know, the, the, the final couple picks roll in is when I look at the – I was like, if it was me in the draft room, what I would say is, all right, our big top five-year programs – who do we have left? And that's what I would look at. I mean, this guy has gone up against the elite of elite college football at a very high level, and you can get him late in the draft and just see if – I mean, that's one of the things that I really like, getting a guy out of a school like Texas A&M who every Saturday they're going up mm-hmm. against top 25 competition guys that are being drafted. So I'm really excited to see what he does here. Another thing about him, he is a special teamer as well. Punt return and uh, punt coverage. Okay. Yeah. Both. Ron Milas. He's thinking, me likey the draft. Yes. What he's, a weekend yeah. for he's, Ron Milas. He's thinking, I I can tell you, I've got options now. Ron Milas has got options. By the way, we did some crack research while the draft was going. The Colts have selected four defensive backs in this draft class. Last time the Colts drafted four DBs in the same draft was 2001. Wow. So it's been a minute. Over 20 years. Yeah, been Man. a minute. Okay. All right. Lastly here. You guys are going to have to help me on this one because this, 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 this pick came in right as, as we were getting ready to roll tape here. 236 in the seventh round. This is the last pick for the uh, Colts on the day. They got this, by the way, this uh, uh, pick came from a, a trade from the Buccaneers last year. Remember that right at the end of training yep. camp? The Stewart. Colts got the Grant Stewart uh, pick on special teams. Jake Witt, offensive tackle, Division II guy from Northern Michigan, six foot seven. <laughs> 
310 pounds. Okay, their two tackles are at least six foot seven <laughs> on the day. Mammoths. But fascinating story, JJ. Former basketball player. He's from the UP in Michigan, the Upper Peninsula, as they say. Originally a basketball player and a darn good one. He was the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, state of Michigan, Mr. Basketball. Wow. Like he was that good. Uh, played college basketball at Michigan Tech uh, for some reason, and I'm sure we'll find out once we get to know him. Gave up basketball, pursued football. He transferred to Northern Michigan, but not to play football. He just wanted to transfer Regular there student. for the sake of transferring there. <laughs> and in 2021, gets coaxed to play football, starts off as a tight end, and then they have a really good football program. They go to the Division II National Championship game, halftime of that game. They've got some injuries. Things are going haywire for their team on offense. They move them to tackle. And the rest is history. He just becomes a stud. It literally imagine. I mean, imagine that's like a Disney just, movie. Hey man, uh, we're we're out of, we're out of tackles. Let's go to our tight end. And be like, go go play tackle. And now he's and drafted. Two years later, he's drafted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I had to ask Matt. I said, I've never heard of Northern Michigan. Mm-hmm. I truly had never heard of that because, I mean, I, I, this is not a stab, but you always talk about the directional schools. It seems like they're in Michigan. That was the one direction uh-huh. that I hadn't heard teams playing, so that was a new uh, one for me. So I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit of a draft junkie when it comes to these things, and I had read about this guy uh, earlier because I was like, you, you know, Northern Michigan, what's going on here? What? And then you read into his story, you're like, this is fascinating. Yeah. And his athleticism is just off the charts. You can see some of the basketball traits that he has: a 37 inch vertical. Uh, you know, he's got an 80 and 5/8 inch wingspan, 33 and a half inch arms. Uh, he ran a 4.89 40-yard dash at 300 pounds. Like we talk about Adebowale being like people that size <laughs> right. shouldn't move like that. People Jake Witt's size shouldn't yeah, move like you, this either. Not a chance. Let's not forget this. Um, just an incredibly explosive athlete and a guy who, you know, look, he's very raw. We talked about Bernard Ryman last year being raw, another converted tight end. They didn't go to Bernard Ryman in the middle of a game and say, we needed to go play tight end. Right. Yeah. So th- this guy, he's raw. He's going to take some some time and patience to develop. But I, I think about, you know, sometimes if you hit on one of these guys, like, my goodness, the 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 value you get yeah. from oh, them. Really? Think about the yeah. Eagles of Jordan Mylotta. Exactly. They took That's him in the seventh round. He never up. played football at all. Yep. And all of a sudden, he's getting a you know a contract extension. He's their, their starting left tackle sure. there. You never know with these guys. When you're, you're drafting in the seventh round at pick number 236, I love the traits of this kid, and let's see if he can develop. I love that you bring up Jordan Mylotta because who is his offensive coordinator? Oh, it's the guy Shane that's Steichen. here, Shane Steichen. Yeah. So maybe there is some similarities, just like you were thinking there as well. Six foot seven. Now, of course, he wasn't three ten playing basketball, right? He had to have no, he had to have he, beat and up. he wasn't three ten playing tight end. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. But he holds fascinating. He holds four Michigan High School Athletic Association state records. On top of that, he is the UP's Upper Peninsula, Michigan Upper Peninsula's all time leader in rebounds. All stayed in basketball three times, Jeez. and now he's in the NFL. That <laughs> is so cool. Once again, adding to that Colts' incredible basketball roster, if yeah. we had to take the court, yeah. I, I take their odds yeah. for sure. Joe Wright, right? <laughs> Mo Alley Cox. I know people are tired of hearing about that. But <laughs> offensive uh, prospect here scored a 9.8 out of a possible 10 on the relative athletic score, ranking 27 
out of 1,293 offensive tackles from 87 to 2023. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the Indianapolis Colts, Mr. Jake Witt from Division II Northern Michigan. Wrapping up here, gentlemen, let's go back to the top of the draft. Anthony Richardson, Julius Brintz, Josh Downs, uh, everything that happened today that we just recapped. J.J., how much better have the Colts become this weekend? I think top, top end talent. Yeah, I think I think you know with top end talent, you look at obviously Anthony Richardson, top end talent. We don't need to you know rehash all that. But uh, Julius Brents, really good top end talent at the cornerback position. Josh Downs fits a need for this team to get a little bit faster at wide receiver. That's that's some talent he's got. I mean, a thousand yard receiver in consecutive years at North Carolina. But again, I, I go back to it. We'll see. I think is my answer to how much top end talent the Colts added because there's going to be competition. Anthony Richardson's going to have to compete yep. to get into games early on in his career. Julius Brents is going to be part of that cornerback competition with Darius Rush, with Jalen Jones, with the returning guys yep. on this roster. And it, and Josh it, Downs is going to have to compete with Isaiah McKenzie for snaps in the slot. No, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think it's fascinating that just hearing you talk, it just popped in my head, that the Colts today or this weekend in this draft, they did not draft a for-sure Day one, yeah, you know they all got to earn it. Surefire, yeah. this guy plug and play. He's in the starting lineup, starting with Anthony Richardson. He's going to have to beat out Gardner Minshew. Well, and part of that too, if you look at the position groups too. I mean, you talk about if you hit, if 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 that if the answer to that question is top end talent, absolutely yes. You've got that top end talent at very key positions of need because mm-hmm. when you look at the way this team drafted in this in this 2023 draft it was very impact player impact position so that is one thing to watch that yeah. if you have hit you hit even bigger than if it was i mean I'm not trying to you know different different types of positions these are your marquee spots that they drafted all right who's ready for a beer Oh, you guys ready? Yeah. <laughs> Just <What>? one? Crack. <laughs> I was about to say. Crack open I'll, take, I'll take a good six-pack right now. Go. Why honest. is the plural of beer beers, but the plural of deer, <laughs> I love this. deer? <laughs> God, on that note, <laughs> get the hell out of here. <laughs> J.J. Stangovich, food for thought at the end of the podcast. I like it. It's been a long week. <laughs> By Jack Handy. That's Casey Vallier as well. I'm Matt Taylor. And, again, we'll continue to break down the draft in more detail all next week. The official Colts podcast will have you locked and loaded. And then uh, next week, too, right, is rookie minicamp yeah. at the end of next week. So all these guys are going to be here. They're uh, going to be given the playbook, and it's time to roll. Maybe next week we'll have some uh, answers on some undrafted free agents, too, that trickle into the building. All of that to be determined. But, of course, we'll have it locked and loaded, and uh, we'll be late breaking with all of that here on the Colts Audio Network. That's it for the draft, but plenty more next week, of course, on the Colts official podcast and the Colts Audio Network. Again, for JJ, Casey, I'm Matt Taylor. Thanks for listening all weekend long here on Overtime, following each day of the draft on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.